is me. We're back from the edition of Draped and Gold, your one-stop shop of NXT content. I'm Global Boys, but I'm not being joined by Real Jack Farmer. I'm being joined by the Upgrade himself. Please welcome <laughs> Real Talker Jim Alexander. What's going on, sir? Wow, this has been a while, right? The throwback show here, me and you hosted. I don't, what are we doing? Someone should be fired for this, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> happy holidays, man. What's going on with you? Hey, you too, man. Uh, just back in, you know, Chicago and it's Christmassy and it's unusually warm. So, you know, it feels, it feels like it's not the right time of year. Yeah, actually, meanwhile, over here in L.A., it's a cloudy day, so it's about as winter as it's going to get. Oh, and here it's sunny. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Changing places. The hot switch. Uh, So I want to give a big shout-out to everyone on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on YouTube, on X, uh, on Twitch, and apparently supposed to be Instagram Live, but it just failed, as I say this. For streaming live, for Draped in Gold, questions in the chat and comments, let us know what you think, and please, if you're on that podcasting machine, Five stars of what we need. 129 episodes. And this one here is the best. Woo! That was a lot of an intro. That's okay. insane. 100. And it's a weekly commitment. Man, no one's committed to NXT. Even WWE's not committed to NXT like you are. <laughs> I know. This week was taped, bro. Like, I went to work. <laughs> no, man. It was it was really cool because I, I like the fact that NXT was a brand everyone kind of written off. And we kind of held the fort. And now everyone's coming back. So it's all good. That's right. And, and listen, you never changed the coloring, okay? You kept it. In gold, original. You didn't go to this like '80s, uh, whatever, colorful <laughs> rainbow uh, signage that they did for a while, and you know, down south swag. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's get right into it, man. Our main event is the one the whole internet's talking about. The most unluckiest man in all of professional wrestling, Ridge Holland, had a non-title match against Ilya Dragunov and drops him on his head, and then it gets stretched off, man. What's going on with your boy, Rich Holland, man? He ain't my boy, but if, if I was into guys that are, uh, you know, dropping people on their heads, just ask Big E about him. Oh, dang. <laughs> Man, I mean, it's like, I don't know at this point, it's a gimmick or it's real, you know, with Rich Holland. Right. He's known for something. Clearly, it's it's for dropping people on their heads, but... Uh... <laughs> Man, what do you do with this guy? I don't know. He's got a great look. He right. looks like he should, but I he's below NXT. He should be in a breakout tournament, okay? Practice. Wow. Yeah. He's a brawling brute, man. That's almost being a made man. Yeah, brawling people's necks, okay? <laughs> Onto the concrete. Oh, uh, okay. So, but Ilya Dragunov's a tough guy. I mean, he is like a he, tough guy. He tried to continue, didn't do it. And was that safe for Trick Williams? Because he wanted to have the next opportunity in line, but Ilya may be on the shelf in a different period of time. Man, this is throwing off everything, you know? And I was thinking, because I was kind of away from NXT for a bit, but I, I caught up with Deadline and the last two shows. And, oh, yeah. you know, I, I first didn't believe in Ilya as a champ, but because I was doubting his size and, uh, Whoa. and 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 mediocre mic skills. But the more I see him, I kind of see what they might see in him. So hold I'm on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. What, yeah. what size do you have to have? Dude, Ilya's ripped, man. Look at my man, Baron Corbin. He was towering over this guy. This was like a little chipmunk for him, okay? <laughs> <laughs> He was the eighth dwarf, okay, next to Baron Corbin. Wow. I mean, so you say you have to be tall then. <laughs> <laughs> you know I like my big guys. Come on. This is this is I'm, I'm the Vince of like hosting these things, you know. You, you know what? I'm gonna skip ahead because I actually had a question about this. Because we've seen, and I'll get to the breakout tournament later. We see Tavian yep. Heights compete, and last week we saw Oba Femi compete. Are, is the reign of the smaller wrestler over? Are we going back to our hosses and big men? 
I I saw this breakout tournament. I'm just like, wow, these guys are actually legit looking wrestlers. They look like wrestlers. Yeah. And I'm thinking that might be the case because these are their next developmental guys. And if everyone looks like that and you didn't see any small guys, I think that might be a thing again. I don't I mean Triple H and HBK are running things, so I'm kind of surprised because they do yeah. like their little guys, but uh these guys look legit. I mean, they are monsters, all of them. I'm interested. I don't like their, granted, they're very much green and rookies, but their gimmicks just seem so lame and, and weak. And everyone's trying so hard to like act tough on these little promo vignettes. Like they are ways away from getting their personalities. But when it comes to looks, I think all of them looked the apart. Okay, so so I gotta stop you there, man. The word you use a lot is legit. I mean, wrestling's yeah, one legit. of the few art forms you can be any size and shape and still be legitimate, right? We ever will love Ch- Tommaso Ciampa, and he's a smaller guy, right? Yeah, but you need to have charisma. My my rule has always been this: if you're a smaller guy, you need to have incredible charisma or a crazy good gimmick, you know, and uh, like a real gimmick. I think the best guys that get over are the Daniel Bryans, the CM Punks, you know, I mean, who are themselves really. But uh, yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> but can talk the hell off the mic, you know, or can wrestle like Daniel Bryan, like no one else. You know, I, right. I feel like in today's day and age, being small and just being able to wrestle doesn't get it done. You know, you need more than that. You need either charisma, mic skills, or a great gimmick also with that. Well, there you go. Uh, gotta give a shout out to Mike Wexler and Will Five Stud in the chats for saying what's up. If you have any questions about last night's episode of NXT, drop them here. So let's get into it. Men's breakout tournament came after the women's tournament. We had two matches. Uh, this one here was with Tavion Heights and my favorite lawyer gimmick of all time, Luca Crucifino. Uh, look about this one here, Jim. Thoughts about this one? I mean, the lawyer gimmick. That's that's what I'm talking about here. It's just so like they they literally probably took like a catalog page, the old uh you know, um, John whatever you know uh whatever his name is got fired. Uh, he used to do the catalog things and, and pick out gimmicks from that, or you know, female wrestlers. Uh, oh, but, John Laurinaitis. Uh, I think I mean, listen, they're they're young guys. I think in a ring, they're pretty advanced. I was impressed with the with the breakout tournament, um, you know, competitors because I think they look pretty good. And some of them, you know, been since February or whatever. They're just yeah. newly signed. A lot of them, and they're all former athletes. I mean, that's WWE makes a way of making sure to tell us that they were, you know, a D three in Temple or whatever it was, you know, or. Right. Or linebacker at this school. So, I mean, listen, for converted athletes, I think we're seeing pretty solid and quick development that way. So, wrestling-wise, match-wise, I thought it was all right. I, I, I'm not sure if you watch uh, NXT Level Up, because I think I'm the only person on the planet that does. Uh, but Luca's been around for be. a while. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know what? It's 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 the, it's the timing. It's Friday night, 10 Eastern, just watching rookies wrestle. It's like, it throws me back to when I was a kid and watching Wrestling Challenge back in the day. Mm. I'm dating myself. Anyway, uh, but Luca Crucifield's been around for a while. And you think about gimmicks, you think about characters, you think about size. I mean, do you really need a hard character in NXT? Or is it kind of like, you know, just do what the hell you do until you get called? Yeah, I mean, you do, but then here's the thing. For me, I think the difference is how fast will you get promoted and how they will view you coming into the roster. Look at Grayson Waller. 
he was pretty developed at NXT. He had a gimmick, he had a personality, and they just uh, straight up rocket ship to the main roster and just continue that. They didn't have to train up or ch change gimmicks for him. So if you have a built-in gimmick that's working, yeah. I think that's going to fast track you and it could even give you a, a immediate success on the main roster once you go there. So I feel like some of these guys who were struggling with their gimmicks or just finding where and like i said these are the rookies of all rookies so you can test things out on them these are the ones you test things out on um but i mean guys have been or and girls who have been around you would want something more consistent real five sud says i love the way they're building new year's evil i agree i mean next this year's like their special event two weeks from now it already have a big fight feel so props to them but mm -hmm. on the other side of the men's breakout tournament we saw lexus king the former brian pillman jr love him what 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 really listen this is the the, the key hide. too bad jack's not here this is what you do <laughs> in nxt someone's trash and you turn into treasure overnight i mean whoa trash he was horrible what was that blonde's gimmick or whatever he was so forgettable at tna i mean but I think they gave him a gimmick. It's a typical WWE. You give him gimmick. You never acknowledge their. But they did acknowledge his roots, though. They did acknowledge right. his they roots. Did. And interesting. Usually they don't do that. But I think his look is great. And him being in this breakout tournament, I'm like, there's no way this guy doesn't lose because he's a seasoned guy above all these other guys that are just real, real rookies. I think he's got a thing going. They are really bringing the best out of Brian Pillman that he has to offer. Well, okay. I do say this. I, I like his sliding throne. I don't like the fact he's in the breakout tournament. I feel he's already broken out because he went right he to Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams when he first arrived. But and yeah. Trey Barrahill actually needed the, the, the actual the looks because he got hit with a chair and then disappeared. But he had a match this week against Deion Lennox, a guy who takes off his glasses and changes his personality. Did Deion <laughs> even hang? You thought? Are you a fan of Deion Lennox? Yeah, I am. I mean, it's, it's tough for me for, for some of these younger guys to kind of tell them apart, you know, too, besides their gimmicks. Like, okay, I see the lawyer or, or whatnot. <laughs> but but mo most of them are just like, just like get on the screen and just start yelling or like, oh, you know, trying to do poses and that. So you yeah. kind of get forgettable that too. But yeah, I think, it, it, listen, I feel like Brian Pillman Jr. is a pro. So you're going in there with a pro and you can hang. I mean, he's obviously going to carry you for the match. I felt like that the case too but i i think there's no botches nothing like that for me it's like you don't have a botch you don't have a um you know a big thing noticeable that happens there i i think you know you don't have a rich holland then you're good <laughs> wow that's a very uh interesting bar to clear uh <laughs> i was a fan of this one too i actually thought Dion lennox going into this one would have won but now with lexus king in the tournament pretty much a foregone conclusion uh yeah. before i get to the next match though i want to ask you a question uh, because in our previous careers uh, as wrestling reviewist on a network that's on a hiatus, you were a big fan of this hiatus man. that's going on uh, forever. So. Four, four years and counting. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. My hiatus. Your boy, Dominic Dijakovic. Yes, my NXT. boy, Dominic Dijakovic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, Dijak now has been on the target of Eddie Thorpe next week, NXT Underground match. Now, Dijak's book at NXT, thoughts about that, but definitely thoughts about him and his feud with Eddie Thorpe. I like him. Two big guys, okay, which is already a favorite of mine. Two guys that looked apart, and Djokovic, okay, my guy. <laughs> Dijakovic, man. <laughs> Same thing. Uh, he'll always be that. 
Feast your eyes. I, this is what he should have been. I mean, he's gone through <laughs> the, the meat grinder with WWE. Okay. Good start when he was feuding with Keith Lee back in the day, you know. I mean, it's it's crazy to think how, how long he's been around, too. Um, and then they ruined him on the main roster, and it took a l- big recovery. And I think he's finally back to what he should have been early on. He's a big, imposing guy. He works as a heel well. And uh, I kind of like this, you know, gimmick that he's got, the trench coat, the, the mysterious look. Um, and it, it just works for him. I, I think he doesn't need to talk much. And and the feud he's currently in, I, I feel like both guys look like they're legitimate. And, you know, you, you both would, you know, who do you put out your money on? I think both are legitimate in this feud. They looked the apart. They're working well together. And it's intriguing. I got, a, I got a comment about Daja, but first, uh, Will Five Stud says about Lexus King, I immediately understood him when he debuted in NXT. They developed his character over a few weeks. That's something yep. that I didn't get the few times I saw him in AEW. See, you talk about gimmicks, though, but like, what is Jack's gimmick? He wears a coat. And he has six shades, but is he a fixer? Is he a henchman? Is he a mob boss? Like, how do you describe Dijak to someone who hasn't seen him? You know, I think it's just into your own interpretation. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not art. What are you doing? <laughs> it's art form. It's, it's uh, you know, performance um, art. Okay? <laughs> performance art. That's But that's what he needs to be. It's just the look. It's not really the gimmick. I, I feel like with him, it's the, the look sells it. He doesn't, that's the good thing. They don't have to have him talk. I mean, he's not horrible on a mic, but, you know, he doesn't have a great tone or, or inflection or anything like that. I mean, his tone is good. He, he sounds like a, you know, a grown man, but uh, his inflection, yes, oh, you know, he just can't carry a long thing on a mic. So I think just keeping this mystery thing and having us figure out whatever the hell he is and, and as just as he goes, I think that's fine for him uh, at this point. Sure, there could be a touch-ups later on if I don't think they should move him to the main roster, but what mm-hmm. he is is fine now because he's getting over it, and that's what matters the most. I, I tease you on this one, but I bet if I met Dijak in real life, I probably would fanboy. Uh, but let's let's talk about the North American Championship. Dragon Lee, I guess, yep. uh, defends against two men, Charlie Dempsey and Joe Coffey. Talk about guys who look the part. Charlie Dempsey, the son of William Regal, Joe Coffey, one-third of Dallas, and Dragon Lee, the man handpicked by Rey Mysterio as the future of Lucha, had a matchup with Dragon Lee uh, retaining. Look, man, Charlie Dempsey hasn't won a match in like, Almost Ugh. a year, it seems. What gives? I love God. Come on, it's Regal's son. If he can't wrestle, we have a problem here, right? <laughs> He's got a great look. He's got a power style of wrestling, a submission power style. The guy should be one of the top guys on NXT. I don't understand what is going on with him. Like you said, he hasn't won. When he came in, there was a push for him. He was being featured, and then they aligned him. I don't even know. What's this group's name? Two Cents group or something? Uh, Might as well be Two Cents. The No Quarter Catch Crew. (laughs) No Quarter Catch Crew. A Quarter Catch. Okay, great. A Quarter. They took away everything from these guys. I mean, <laughs> Drew Gulag's leading it, so we're already in a problematic state there. But here's the thing. Dempsey, it's an interesting style when you come to this match uh, against, you know, two different Lucha style versus kind of a power submission guy. But like I said, they're just these guys are just being ruined in this group. They don't know what to do with them right now. Just acknowledge he's Regal's son. And I think that's a built-in gimmick right there. And he's just a 
ass kicker and you know what I mean he will he's just brutal and he gives no no damn about anything like Regal when he came in Regal got over naturally when he when he was a you know a that is not part. true he was a man's man for a long time well he's yeah I mean, he had that whole you know British proper gimmick but <laughs> no before that Stephen Regal remember he had oh, the, the hard hat yeah. yeah yeah Lord just Steve. a man yeah <laughs> I mean, without the gimmicky, when he was just like kind of a submission guy and just like going in there and he was there, uh, maybe end of WCW, early WWE, when he was kind of sort of that thing before he got gimmicky. But make something of this guy because like you're just wasting a talent here. Yeah. Uh, as far as Dragon Lee, my thoughts on him, he's overhyped. What makes him different than Sin Cara? He's just another great, uh, you know, lucha wrestler, high flying guy with a mask that. Uh, that, what I disagree. Does he do? What does he bring to the table? I disagree. He talks because a little I, bit. He talks a little bit. Sure. What it makes him special from all the other lucha guys that they've had in the past? I don't I see any. I disagree. I love Sincara. Like I, I, <laughs> oh, okay. I agree, well, with, I agree with her. I agree with the first part. I, I I've said this constantly, and I know I tried to be a positive guy. Guys, you know me. I'm a face. But Dragon Lee is like picking Mario on Mario Kart. Like the most average guy I've ever seen. And it, it to me, it was so telling a month ago where they put Dragon Lee and Axiom in a match on SmackDown. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like, yo, if you don't get yourself together and maybe you'll care about you, Axiom, the man from Madrid, is already more interesting. And he loves math. Kids love math. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm with you there, to be honest with you. But I love Sakara. Lucha. I mean, but like I said, he's just kind of a ripoff of all the previous Lucha guys. You know, in the past, I just don't see anything special about him. At least his brothers unmask. You know, I mean, right. and, and, and you know, you you see more of him. There's something to it. I just think, yeah, as much as they sell the masks, it's cool for the kids. What makes them sets them apart from a Lucha? Good in ring, high flying, but what else is there more? Where do you take them? Rey Mysterio had a charisma. Rey Mysterio could talk. You know, eventually, you know, Rey Mysterio had a persona and, and all that. He had intrigue. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, he was the kind of first original, I'd say, of of those guys, but. These guys now are just kind of just like a carbon copy of each other. So I'm I'm not a fan of Dragon. I just don't see anything special. He's he, he's good fun in the ring, but there's nothing besides him. I don't I don't I don't see why they're pushing him so much. Hey, we're a positive show. I will say I love his theme song, but if you want I'm to not know, positive. I know be. the show is the brand is positive. You can yes. do whatever the hell you want. Uh, but I will say, like as as someone who uh, who likes my 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 obscure guys, I was a big yeah. Grand Metalik dude. I thought he had a lot more potential in WWE and Lucha House Party, but I'm also an Axiom fan, so I'm not anti-Lucha. I just want to know what's Dragon Lee about, I guess. But Right. Uh, LWO is back, and they come out to help him out after the match. Uh, Cruz del Toro, former Raul Mendoza, and Joaquin Wilde, because I guess Santos Escobar is doing his own thing now. So glad to see them back as well. Hope they stay in NXT, because yeah, I like Agreed. them as a tag team. Agree. Uh, Will Five Stud says... Jim, I have a question for you. Would it help if they took his mask off? I'm not saying they're going to do that, but would that help him? Uh, I think that would be something. It'd be different, right? His brother has got a mask off, and he's got more of a persona, and you can, you know, kind of see. It's important, as like I said, as much as cool it is for the kids to sell a mask and all that, sell it to them. It's for a fan to, to get a connection to a wrestler, you kind of need to see his face or at least attempt to talk or, or whatnot, you know, because right. he's just another masked man. You cannot make a connection with a masked man um, 
uh, there's, like I said, out, right Mysterio is an outlier for all this stuff. But, uh, yeah, I think it would help. It would get me more interested. To, who is he? What's he about then? Okay. Like, I, I think the dropping his mask at some point would actually be a good move and, and kind of separate him from all the other guys. That's a good point. Because I remember uh, Sami Zayn, when he was El Generico, said that everyone should compete in the mask at some point in their career to help them emote, like, with the body. But I, I really don't – my always thing when it comes to good characters in wrestling is can you describe the person to someone who hasn't seen the show – and I really can't with Dragon Lee. Uh, and right. it's unfortunate. I understand the title makes the man and that makes the title. It's very clear here. It's like, we want you to be part of the plans. And I felt the same way about Dominic Mysterio, but he found his lane. So I hope he finds his lane, but I, I can't describe who oh, that guy is, Dragon Lee is. It's, and Dragon Lee, is that like a, supposed to be an Asian-inspired luchador? Like, is that the idea or the intent? I'm not sure. But. Yeah, because he's Mexican, right? So, I mean... I'm, so yeah, what is it? What is it? We we can't even tell it apart. That's like you said, we don't know if it's Asian inspired or not, but there's just not enough. It just they're they're pushing him without developing him. Well, switching gears a bit, I want to see your thoughts about this one. Uh, our down-home country girl, Fallon Henley, gets dumped with trash after a match with the buff Barbie Tiffany Stratton. And Jim, Jim I, I got a feeling about this one. I think Tiffany's becoming the star. I was the late one to get on the Tiffany bandwagon, but this one here is pretty much undeniable. First of all, uh, Tiffany is my new Liv Morgan. And, oh, my gosh. Uh, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Mandy Rose. Mandy. It's Tiffany. Listen, there's a difference between a star, and maybe if we can touch on Roxanne Perez at some point, I want to compare it to Do it now. Tiffany Stratton. Tiffany Stratton came in as a green rookie, not having any wrestling experience, green. just like these some of these breakout actors. She was an athlete. She found her personality so quick. That gimmick is absolutely perfect for her. And she can work it on the main roster. It just sells. Her, it, she, it sells with her promos. I think she's an absolute superstar. And I think if even if you move her to the main roster, she gets over immediately. Sure. Fallon Henley, on the other hand, I, other this hand. country bar gimmick with thing, I think she's being kind of held down uh, by, by her male counterparts there. Uh, mm -hmm. I would like her to kind of break out on her own. I think she has more to offer than they're showing. I mean, her feud with Tiffany Stratton has really kind of brought her out of her shell, I feel like, even on yeah. the mic and just kind of – because she was just a sort of a valet with those two guys. But now I see her more than that. She can work well in a ring. I like a lot about Fallon Henley, and I think there's untapped potential there, and I think it's mostly due to, um, you know, who she's – with right now and separating herself and giving her these feuds like with a Tiffany Stratton is really kind of making her individually stand out. I'm with you 100%. I think the problem I had with Tiffany Stratton when 2.0 exploded, because it was an episode, it was like nine new characters. I go, Daddy's Little Rich Girl, how is that going to main event mania? You know what I mean? But a buff Barbie, whatever you want to say it or not, is something that's easy to describe to someone who hasn't watched the yeah. show. And that match against Becky Lynch, I'm not even the biggest Becky Lynch fan myself, I mean, you, but you can't deny that it was cool. So her yeah. dumping Fallon with trash, I'm like, I see that now. Now on Fallon's side, I'm with you. When she uh, was just a, a generic purple tights wearing like competitor I was like kind of bored love the country thing very mickey james mm -hmm. it looks like they're breaking up briggs and jensen which i'm almost on board with because josh briggs really proved himself at deadline i thought i thought he arrived at deadline so hopefully you get your wish but this right here might be the more spicier views we have going on nxt 
Yeah, there's heat. There's actually heat between Fallon Henley and Tiffany Stratt. And you believe it, right? They're really, I believe that they hate each other. And there's genuine heat. And, and a lot of it's part of Tiffany Stratton's character is so easy to dislike. And, and Fallon, Fallon's likable. Uh, but but this feud's got, like you said, probably one of the most heat on it than any other feuds on, on this show at all. I think it's working, and they need to work these two going forward uh, into a longer show. All right, let's get it to the women's tag team division. By the way, NXT women's division is stacked, right? Izzy Dame and Kiana James, not my favorite names, even though I'm a Kiana fan, but against Thea Hale and JC Jane of Chase U. Now, you were a JC Jane fan, part of Toxic Attraction. Yes. But Dame and James gets the win here. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. I'm curious, what are you doing with JC Jane? Is she slowly molding into a face with Tia? First of all, this Chase U crap is the worst thing I've seen in wrestling for crap. a Crap! It is trash, okay? Yeah, exactly. That clown, whoever runs it, who looks like an actual school teacher, not a yeah. wrestler. Yeah, Andre Chase, the former Holland Bravado. Whatever that is. They're using, they're, I mean, you have just, ugh, I, I can't even do this. This is a, the fakest school ever, okay? What of do you everything. mean? The I don't believe Thea Hale graduated high this. school and signed to chase you. We saw it in NXT. It was great. It's a real this school. This is horrible in every way, okay? So, uh, besides that, I'm more interested in JC Jane here. Because Thea, she's, what is she, like 18 or something? She's she acts 20, like I believe. she's 18. She's 20. Uh, Okay, well, good enough. Uh, but Jason, what are we doing here with her? Like, is, is she? Uh, she's she's a natural heel. I feel like she's just being completely mismatched in this whole thing. I don't know where this is going. Is Thea gonna turn heel on this chase you and dismantle it? Hopefully, um, but I don't know what's going. But they need to pick up wins if they're matching True. those two together. True. I was surprised about the outcome. Of this. Uh, okay, okay. So I think, and uh, I can't believe I'm defending JC Jane here, but I think the idea was she was supposed to be this heel that's gonna draw Thea Hell away. But we're seeing this right. thing where like Thea Hell can't do the moves, the sexy moves that the JC Jane can. But JC Jane's kind of hanging around because she's trying to pull Thea Hell out, and the reason why they're losing is because they're broke they can't afford training <laughs> let's let's be real the financial problems we're having at chase U has just been well documented i can't Ridiculous. believe you hate chase U. i can't believe it you jim how Trash. dare you look will five Sud says this jim how dare you what they're doing with that it's amazing it's supposed to be annoying it is annoying as hell and stupid and i don't believe it for a second i need to believe even you know Make believe sort of thing, and there's nothing I believe about this stupid gimmick that's never ending. That all these members fail, okay, from this crew. Yeah. No one graduates into anything good, okay. <laughs> it's like real With school. That clown leading the group. Oh man, I like Chase U, and I will say in my notes. I said Izzy Dame is a random name, but I love Kiana James. I think Kiana James may be the next wave. Just saying, Kiana James is really good. The thing about see, that's another thing. She had that. Uh, you know, angle against, I mean, the Fallon Hanley thing is really what started it. I feel like too Agreed. with her, that's what got Fallon really kind of noticed. I would say that's the first thing that probably prompted her to get into a feud with Tiffany Stratton, but uh, Kiana James, I like first they were doing that accountant thing or whatever that was. Like I said, yeah. that's an introductory gimmick that a lot of these first timers get, but she broke out of her shell. She broke out quickly. See, Kiana James is an example of what you do with a generic lame gimmick as a starter and then find your way really quick and break out. I think she's got a lot of potential and I love the work she does as a heel. 
I'm with you 100%. I'm a big Keanu Reeves proponent. Also a Thea Hale proponent, but apparently you hate Chase U, so I don't know what to think anymore. And, and Tia Hale is so annoying, but I guess she kind of does it well because that's how I would think of like She's supposed to be excited. Yeah, she's excited about things. Oh, God. Anyway, elsewhere in the women's division, Nikita Lyons hit him Paxley. Creepy Tatum Paxley doing the Mickey James thing, just trying to be all mm-hmm. stalkerish. And Nikita Lyons, it wants Blair Davenport. This was her side quest. Thoughts about Nikita Lyons' return? Yeah, it's, you know, I thought of Nikita Lyons. You look two, a year and a half back, and she was supposed to be the star of this division. They were, they were so ready to handle her, hand her the mantle immediately. Her look, the way she was getting over with the crowd, that injury really sidetracked her. Sure. And I think her momentum, I think if she had not gotten injured, she would have been a champion. She would have gotten to Roxanne Perez push. That's what would have happened, you Fair know? Enough. And I think she would have gotten over because I think Roxanne Perez is horrible. Horrible? Horrible. 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 I will put her as one of the worst mic work and character work of all time. She's the prodigy, man. Prodigy that can't talk. She, this is this is what I call acting 101. When you go into a class and you never acted and you're pretending you're trying to act and you're reading off a script and like, I'm going to act angry. And everyone's sitting there like, dude, this kid can't act like ever. Like just stop taking class. You're wasting money. She is the worst acting gimmick job I've ever seen. She's so non-believable. Her smiley little thing is not going over. There's nothing oh, about okay. it. She's okay in a ring. I guess I'll give her one thing. Okay. Okay. Everything about her is just absolute stuff that Tiffany Stratton should have laid out, which she did on Fallon Henley on Roxanne Perez. <laughs> Jim, can you act? Now, of course I, I, I can. I, I will I will give you a little bit of, of, of rope here because I feel like Roxanne Perez is almost too – Old to be a prodigy. She's like in her twenties now. I feel right. like yeah, yeah. you have she's the skill. Booker T. Yeah, she's yeah. I, I get that, but you tell she's just okay in the ring and can't talk, sir. That is just too she, much. She's okay in a ring, like, but but she absolutely cannot talk. I I it's it's mutable TV. It just literally, I I it, I literally get shivers watching her talk good promos because of how bad her acting is. Like she's pre- trying to act. And there's nothing, there's not even an ounce of natural commentary that comes out of her. I don't believe a damn thing she says, ever. And she has not improved. This has been her from day one. And the thing is, she doesn't have a leash like these others. She she done the independent scene. She should have been way more advanced. And she has not moved the needle one ounce for, with, when it comes to her promos and character work. Absolutely one of the worst examples of anyone to not be. You do not want to be Roxanne Perez to all these other girls. Like you said, Tatum Paxley, gimmick, evolved more. Nikita Lyons got something about her. She's got kind of a, a street sense about her that I like. Everyone can talk. I mean, look at, okay, one thing I'll say. Cora Jade is the shining example of this. What? Kind of was middling and struggling came back and completely owned her heel persona ah. and came off and her heel persona is a thousand times more believable than the face persona of Roxanne Perez. I believe what Cora Jade's trying to say. And she was also someone that was kind of struggling. Take a look at Cora Jade's rise and, and growth versus Roxanne Perez night I, and day. 
I completely disagree with that. But I love in, Corey in the, too, in, by the way. In, yeah, I could tell. <laughs> like, I could absolutely tell. But in the interest of time, I won't belabor the point because it feels weird talking about the women's division when I say I like them all. <laughs> but, but they're so stacked. Look at how many names we just mentioned. Their women's division is probably the deepest it's ever been. Absolutely. And we're talking about they had, you know, the Becky Lynches and stuff, but it was top heavy back then. Mm-hmm. Now it's so balanced and deep. You know what I mean? I think the shining star is Tiffany Stratton, but you have girls coming up that are right there on her heels. Like like I said, Kiana James and Nikita Lyons. Hopefully she regains her momentum here. We started talking about her. Um, I, I hope they do give her that sort of push because I think she's got the look and persona and, and the fan appeal. There's something about Nikita Lyons that's different appealing. She's got a different look than everyone else. Um, but it's, it's top, it's, it's literally, it's a deep roster. And who do you break out of those? Yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully Lola Vice, she has the contract, but, uh, I will say this. I oh, also yeah. tell us to <laughs> tell us to forgot Jack, about I, her. Yeah. I mean, she should be on TV more, to be honest with you. I thought right. about Jack. I, what I like about Nikita is someone who's built to be a slam and power slam powerhouse, but does strikes and, and like jabs to me, it's pretty cool. It's a cool idea. Yeah. It's a different, like, different like approach, even the way she wrestles and, and kind of presents herself. It's different than other girls. Sometimes it looks pretty. Wow. It looks pretty woman of wrestling. I gotta be honest with you. Agree. But hey, I'm down with it. All right. We got to move on because I don't want to get dragged by any of these comments here. Uh, your your boy, <laughs> your other boys, Hank Walker and Tank Ledger, wow, are in a tag team match against Gallus. Hank and Tank, baby, get hype. Yeah, that was forgettable. Uh, they're not my boys. I don't they're know. Your boys. They're never my boys. Okay, you know my boys who they are. Like I said, once again, guys on, on the NXT roster are just kind of like, in purgatory, I feel like they're putting them on TV, but what's happening with them, right? Is there a push? Even with Gallus, too. They came in strong, right? Uh, and and now what? They're just treading water. I feel like these two gr- teams or groups or whatever you want to call them, treading water. What's Where are they going for? You know, wh- what's the next step sort of thing? I feel like they're just kind of filler, filler TV on NXT, which is kind of unfortunate because these guys have potential and have, you know, some personality and experience, too. I feel like a lot of gals, and we, we make fun of this in the show, but the gals, a lot of their presentation, the old theme song, the three-hand challenge shake, it's kind of hard where Jill Coffee comes out and like gets in a triple threat match to lose, and they have to cheer for them again in hour two. So, I'm, But I'm with you. Gals, when they were on point, they were amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Hank and Tank, right? I like that story talking about working your way up. Hank started off as a security guard of NXT. Tank Ledger was the guy wearing the Zack Ryder trunks, the one short, one long, tell everybody to get hype. Put them together, Hank and Tank, it rhymes. Why not? Why not be a fun little tag team? I mean, I guess it's better than them at singles, right? Because what were they doing? I mean, um, Hank had that little run there, um, you know, when initially they kind of did that transformation, right, from security to... To, to wrestler, but yeah, what do you do with them? I think they're just waiting for their gimmicks. I think it's fine to pair them up. Like I said, it, it sounds nice, the name rings, but I think they're waiting for their next gimmick to se- kind of separate them. And, uh, and uh, meanwhile, they're just kind of pairing them together to, to get through that time until they get something bigger. But there's potential there in these guys. They got the look, they got the size, you know what I mean? I, I, I like them and some persona too. So there's, there's potential to make these guys into something. 
I, I want to ask you about my favorite storyline in professional wrestling. No, not the Bloodline or Bullet Club Gold or whatever it is. It's the saga of Trick Mellow Gang. Looks like <laughs> Carmelo, Trick Williams are friends or not friends. They have some tension going on. What do you make of all this? And okay, so we know Carmelo's got star potential for sure. You know yeah. he can. Yeah, he can talk. He can. He, he's got that charisma that you look for. He's a smaller guy, though. Now, to your point. It's interesting what's happened with Trick Williams because I keep on thinking. He's been ingrained in my brain as a sidekick stooge, just guy standing next to Carmel for years. Okay. Him breaking out is weird because, like, I see the potential of Trick Williams. The size, he can kind of work the mic a little bit. You know, I mean, he's got the crowd behind him. But I still struggle to get him out of the, the stooge sort of thing that he's been for all this time with Carmelo. Okay. So I think they, what their mistake was, they didn't break him out early enough. They kept him with Carmelo for too long when Carmelo became a star and broke out and Trick was just his sidekick. You know what I mean? The whole time. And it took him too long to finally give him his own spotlight. And I need more convincing that Trick Williams, because they kind of are fast-tracking him too, Right. They went from stooge sidekick to now, hey, let's make them single star, like to the top, fighting for feuding for the for the championship. I think there should have been a more of a building process for him because I still think of him as a stooge, and it's hard for me to to carry over that he's a single star. I have a question about that before I get to that. I gotta give a shout out to Will Five Stuff following the chat after a long hiatus. Uh Tiffany would be her last show will be after WrestleMania. They're gonna call her up after Stand Deliver. Hopefully they do that, man. Yeah, I think she's ready for it. She's ready for re uh, right after WrestleMania. I think that's a good time. She's gonna do well on the main roster, and I think she kind of there's not much more to do. It's kind of the Mandy Rose thing. Like, how long do you carry a title? How long do you kind of stay as the top person on this brand? If you're graduating people, she's ready for it. Okay, so back to Trick Mellow Gang for a second. And I and I'm with you to a point. I mean, I when Trick Williams debuted, I didn't think he was like he was a bit too fast on the mic, which is funny because I'm a fast talker too. But mm -hmm. I, I was on board with him breaking out. But I think, and maybe I'm wrong at this, at the expense of Carmelo. Because now Carmelo seems kind of like unsure of himself, a little paranoid, a little bit of kind of Weasley. Hey man, it should be a triple threat match. Just you and me. Yeah, yeah. See, to me, I feel like to make Trick Mellow the star, you don't have to bend what Carmelo wants to do. So I'm not sure what you think about that. Uh, Cause I looks like Carmelo's on the outs after this week. Huh? Yeah. And that's the interesting thing too. I mean, Carmelo is holding that title for a while. And, you know, we talk about the North American title. Then we talked to NXT title. I mean, he's been there. One of their, him and Braun Breaker probably been their shining stars or the, the most, you know, uh, their diamonds on this brand that they want to develop into future stars on the, on the ma main roster. But the thing here, it's like, yeah, it is kind of a dispensable. about like, I think him and Ilya can have their program without Melo really. Cause I think they should have just had Melo do his own thing. And, you know, there's still be boys and seeing backstage vignettes, you know, kind of rooting for each other or whatever, but bring him in. I'm interested to see what direction it's going. I first thought that Trick's doing this whole thing that right. Trick's going to come out as the heel out of this, you know? But it's leaning towards the mellow being that, and they're kind of flipping a bit because they're setting it up as making sense that it would be trick. But previously, last week when Ilya came out and kind of tossed things, you know, into the fire, it, it made it seem like mellow might be, uh, you know, making this up or, or causing his own thing. So um, I'm interested. I think it's going towards a feud between them two, which would be. Interesting because there's history there for sure, long history right. between them. The protege, kind of the stooge, and and the the guy that broke out. 
I do wonder how they'll work in a ring together because I don't know how their styles and sizes will complement. I think they're better off as on-screen kind of feud versus in-the-ring sort of feud. But I think that's where we're headed here. I think that's and, – and now with the Ilya, you know, injury, where where do we go? Because I think there might be some issues here with – they might have fast-track certain things that they didn't expect to. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would definitely – if I was – if I had the magic pen, I would pretty, pretty much put Trick and Carmel on different brands in that way. You know, see you around, mm-hmm. dog, and that'd be, that'd be kind of it. Uh, a couple more questions before you wrap up here. Talking about Roxanne Perez. She slapped Ariana Grace this week. Uh, Ariana Grace, the daughter of Santino Morella, man. She's an annoying gimmick on purpose. Thoughts about that? Yeah, but why aren't they using her more? I feel like Ariana Grace is there. You know, it, they had that pageant queen thing, which is, yes, a true gimmick. So WWE likes doing that, you know, true life. Hey, uh, let's slap it on and make her be that in in, uh, in the wrestling ring and, and the persona. But I think they could have done more with Ariana Grace to this point. I think it, her thing was just kind of like they, they kind of brought her in with all the other girls who have superseded her and, and passed her by, you know, the Kiana James, the Fallon Henley. She came in at that time with a lot of them, you know, the, the, the Tayton Paxley, that yeah. was that group that came she in. Injury. And no, she had the ACL injury. So it's out for a year. Yeah. But, but the thing is like, once again, like Nikita Lyons, she's behind, you know, yeah. and, and she's coming back from behind. Uh, I like the gimmick. I think it works. You mean, you know, her father being Santino, she she has more knowledge of the business than a lot of these girls coming in too. I definitely think there's there's a lot to to work with with her too. She's got a great look, um, and for Roxanne Perez, I mean, I would like to see Roxanne take uh, two steps down from the. She does not belong in the main event scene. She's what been do you there mean two steps? She's, she's feuding with Ariana Grace, someone coming off an injury. I mean, you can't go much lower on NXT. Well, that's what I mean. That that's why yeah. I'm saying this is exactly what should be happening right now. I Terrible. like this because hey. Roxanne Perez does not belong to be at the top. Let's have some of these other ascending girls kind of move up to the top. You're a hater, but speaking Take of place. Speaking of extending women, we got that really cool promo between Blair Davenport and Lyra Valkyria. Shout out to NXT UK, got some mentions and some love. Are you on board with this here with the Iron Survivor Blair Davenport against Lyra Valkyria? Yeah, I think it's a good matchup. I think these two have that UK connection and, you know, the international kind of thing. I... I like Davenport, Valkyria. The thing is, I think another one that they push too quick. Um, I don't really? see her as championship material. I see her Valkyria. a notch below. I mean, she's been like wrestling for years on WWE. I know she can. Like I said, she can work, and she doesn't have a bad gimmick or anything. I just think she's a upper mid carder than a main eventer. But she has a title, so she is the main event. Well, I know, but not everyone deserves that title. So but I'm she saying, beat Becky Lynch, man. Not, Nia Jax can't do that. She's, <laughs> okay. she's small, though. And, like, when I see her in a ring with even, like, a Cora Jade and stuff, she looks tiny. And, and that's another thing, too. She can work, but she looks tiny. Um, right. And, and that's, like, how, how would I – I wouldn't believe she would have a chance versus – Nikita Lyons. I think Hold Nikita on. Lyons, just by the look of her, she's like, you know, when they were t- tagging together, you know? Sure. Like, it just, Nikita Lyons looks like the star and the imposing one, and she looks kind of like the, the little mouse sidekick here, you know? First, Not first the of all, a generation ago, we all cheered for AJ Lee, and she was way smaller than both these women. AJ Lee, once again, a, a sort of exception like Rey Mysterio. She what had the- so much <laughs> charisma. 
She had a lot of charisma and personality, and that sold over her small size. So you're saying that Lyra Valkyrie has no personality? I, I'm saying she has just enough to to give her a mic sort of personality. Wow. See, so, okay, okay. So moving on, that means you want Bird Davenport to win? Does she emphasize? I think she'd like? be a more legitimate champion than than. Yeah. Wow. Wow. This I don't is... think either of them should be champions. I would really try to put it on. Cora Jade, who's been around for a while and is coming back strong after the injury now with, with you know, continuing taking over to Mike if you're not going to give it to Tiffany Stratton. I think three three women should be in this title discussion. Okay. Fallon, Tiffany, and uh, Cora Jade. For... Also uh, my three favorites, by the I, way, I, in I, no particular gonna, order. <laughs> you're you're going to put me in a Jim Alexander rant about Cora J, but I won't take the bait. Uh, but damn, man, I can't believe you have Roxanne Perez left out. It's terrible. And Count James left out as well. And Gigi Dolan. What's she should be on the Friday night show, Level Up, that you watch. Roxanne Perez. <laughs> that you and only you watch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she should level up to that Oh man, let's let's wrap this up, man. Jim, thanks so much for being on the show, man. I appreciate you. Uh, but now it's time for my favorite part of the show. It's the MVP of NXT. Who stuck out for you this week? This week, uh, I think I'm going to go with Cora Jade. Since her return, since her return, I'm just feeling Cora Jade, even though you know we have many returns. I just think she's been so hot. Like figuratively and literally oh uh, since her return she's been starting up the show like she started up the show after deadline they gave her the mic to open up the show i think cora jade is on on a rocket ship right now and i think they're recognizing that and i think right now she's the focus in the women's division and i think of the show too when you're getting you're, when you're starting off the show you are being featured really prominently, and there's something behind that. I am giving it to Cora Jade all the way now. She didn't even have a match. That's fine. She okay. came in strong the last two weeks. I'm giving this as a post-deadline award. Well, this one here, uh, post-deadline. Uh, this is me. This is hell freezing over. My MVP uh, this week was Tiffany Stratton. Uh, here yes. is somebody have the match That's on Vader 5. I know. I, 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 hell froze over, man. I was like, I can't believe it. But She can be MVP every week, though. She's I, got potential for that. If you say so. But she had a match with Fallon Henley. Really made me hate her in story. And then had, to me, the strongest promo of the night toodles uh if you're Fallon Henley you gotta step up on the ring with her eventually I can't believe I'm saying this though. good you're, you're you're changing you're seeing the vision that everyone else is it's time to go Jim Alexander man thanks so much <laughs> for being on the show I mean you came in clutch you know it was like the the hot tag if someone wants to connect with you see more of your content how to go about doing that yeah the 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 tag is there at the Jim Alexander and social media but Real Talker is still the place. I'm still interviewing people. Real Talker on YouTube. That's R-E-E-L Talker, T-A-L-K-E-R. So you check me out on YouTube or the website, realtalker.com. I just talked to Pierce Brosnan last week, so that was pretty cool. Oh, wow. Actually, like yeah. that movie you did with uh, with uh, Roman Polanski was The Ghost Rider. That was pretty good. I saw that recently. Oh, yeah, back in the yeah. day. Yeah, yeah, James Bond was kind of big, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I mean, Dale Craig. <laughs> the <Yeah>. Roman Polanski <laughs> movie. I went to, I went to film now? school. Let me alone. I would go to that option. I mean, 
<laughs> it was a bad day. <laughs> uh, anyway, drapetogold.com. Jack Farmer is going to be on assignment next week as well. So I'm either going to do it myself or we're going to have ourselves a special guest. But I love special guests because I get to be right for a change. Learn more about drapetogold.com. It's me at Level Boys right here on that Twitter. I'll let me know about the show. Usually Jack says, do your best and be yourself. I'm not doing that. But uh, yeah, till next week. <laughs> Peace out.